Wilder, Fury, 2, post-fight thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junk here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter, at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash FightJunkie2006. So raise your hands if you listen to the pre-fight podcast and you thought I was loco. It's okay. It's okay. Most people were betting Deontay Wilder. Most people were picking Wilder to win. And even those that liked Tyson Fury and thought maybe he could do some good things here and eke out a decision were doing it based off the idea that he was going to box and move similar to the first fight. In fact, one of the local sports books here said the take on Deontay Wilder was 80%, meaning 80% of the people that were betting were betting on Deontay Wilder. So they just, I mean, they made a killing tonight when Tyson stopped them in the seventh round. Now, if you didn't listen to the pre-fight podcast, Icon, upper right corner, It will link back so you don't think I'm just talking nonsense. After the fact, you can hear every single word I said and how I broke it down. The thing that is really interesting to me is Tyson Fury told everyone that would listen, including Deontay Wilder, what he was going to do, and nobody believed him. And I don't think Deontay Wilder believed him. He told everybody what kind of weight he was going to come in. He told everybody how he was going to fight and what the game plan was. And he even predicted that he was going to knock him out. Now, granted, he said the second round, but still, everything he said, he did from the very single first round. And people were still stunned at the outcome. So that's very strange to me because most people in the first fight thought Tyson Fury won the fight. So it seems strange to me that a guy that most people had winning who says, I saw something in this guy. Yes, he has power, but there's vulnerabilities there. There's holes there. And somebody of Tyson Fury's level that already beat Vladimir Klitschko, people doubted him. They did. They were actually saying like, you know, he's just, he's just talking. This is pre-fight hype. He's not going to do that. If he does that, it's suicide. You don't hook with a hooker and blah, 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 blah. I went over all of it in the pre-fight podcast. But the fact of the matter is, I saw the same thing Tyson Fury was talking about. Deontay Wilder and fights that he has won. This is where you need to do your research. This is where you need to look. This will get the magnifying glass out. Take a peek. You see things. And when we talked about it, Tyson Fury was able to develop a plan, implement that plan. And not only did it take away the right hand of Deontay Wilder, it made him very, very fatigued. And it opened him up defensively to be hit. And ultimately, round after round after round that went by, it broke him down. Now, granted, he had a lot of heart. It was going to have to be the ref or his corner, or he was going out cold. He even said that. You saw that props where props are due, credit where credit is due. He was going to go out on a shield, heart of a champion. But you could see round after round after round, he was just breaking down. Now, I'm not one for punch stat numbers. I tell you guys this all the time. I don't use it for, against. I don't think they're very accurate. But I will say this. If you look at that fight, you could tell that Deontay Wilder wasn't throwing a lot of punches. You could see that he wasn't throwing a lot of right hands or power punches even. And you could see he wasn't landing a lot of those power punches. Now, I know the stats and they're out there and you can look them up if you want. But if you watch the fight, 
All you need is your two eyes. You saw what I saw and everybody who watched it saw the exact same thing. With the style that Tyson Fury implemented, he was able to take away every single thing all at once. Fatigue, hitting Deontay, and avoiding the big power punch. In fact, on the commentary, one of the announcers, I believe it was Lennox, he said, Tyson Fury's crowding himself when he gets inside. That was by design, in my opinion. Because he was saying he should be at range more to land those clean, hard, crisp right hands, but it opened up Fury for danger that Deontay Wilder might launch a missile. So he was willing to get in close on Deontay Wilder, wear him down with the big belly, hang on him. You saw that round after round with the head. That's designed. He was pulling his head down for a reason. All of these things are veteran little tricks that he was doing. But he wanted to be close with Deontay because he was safe there. And we talked about that going into this fight. The real danger there was the uppercut from Wilder and he barely threw it. Why? Because he was on the defensive constantly. Fury came in at 273 pounds and there was people freaking out over this. Teddy Atlas went bonkers when he came in that high comparing him to Andy Ruiz in the rematch with Joshua. He was out there saying he's got mental problems and he's just, you know, he's going to look for a way out and he's too heavy and all this nonsense. And when you watch the fight, he looked the best ever. 273. And his cardio was on point. He was pressing the pace. There was a lot of infighting and roughhousing and he looked extremely good. He controlled the pace. Not Deontay Wilder. Wilder was on the defensive from the very first round. His offense was stifled from the very first round. And as the rounds went on, it got worse and worse and worse. And this is what Tyson Fury, his team, and me (laughs) talked about going into this fight. That it was possible. Is there danger? Of course. It's Deontay Wilder. He's a power puncher. He's pulled fights out before. With one single punch. Of course there's danger. But the danger was far less in my opinion. And obviously their opinion. With this type of style. He was safer the closer he was to Deontay Wilder. For some reason people seem to think power is delivered the exact same way. Lennox's Lewis power was not the same as Mike Tyson's. They delivered it in different ways. Deontay Wilder is similar to Lennox Lewis. Not a Mike Tyson. Fury might have had trouble going forward and staying in the pocket with a guy like Tyson Prime, right? Because Tyson was such a good inside fighter. Now, a big guy like Tyson Fury and Lennox Lewis and even Holyfield to an extent, they're all bigger. But those big guys, they would hold him on the inside. But what I'm saying is Deontay Wilder, he didn't have that type of inside game. So when Fury closed the distance, he was actually really safe. And you saw that in some of the rounds. Fury was getting ass wild. It looked like Wilder in there sometimes, especially with those body shots. I mean, he was swinging crazy because he could see that Deontay was wearing down. He could smell it. He could see that the writing was on the wall, that Deontay Wilder was going to go down, that he was going to get stopped. So he opened up a little too much and got a little too carried away. And you see what happened. He went back to the corner and Sugar Hill said, uh, 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 slow down. 
down, boy. Slow down. It's going to be there. He can't keep taking these punches round after round after round. And they were right. And they reined Fury back in because there's that danger. You can't get wild like that with a puncher. You could easily be winning all the rounds, knocking Wilder down, and then all of a sudden a freaking missile launches and you're on the canvas. Spark out. So that was the right thing because they didn't rein him in from offense. They just reined him in from being wild with the offense. He kept saying, you know, you would see Fury. He would faint. He would faint. He would single and double jab. Then he'd come with a looping right hand, a straight right hand. The body shots were, were brutal from a, a 6'9", 273-pound guy. That's the thing going into this fight. Nobody considered Tyson to be the bigger puncher, but he's 6'9". 273 freaking pounds. You think it feels good to get hit by that dude? And round after round after round, you could see Wilder would get stunned. He would get knocked down. He would get wobbled. But you could see more than that, he was wearing down. A big guy like that, roughing you up on the inside, throwing you around, pulling your head down, and then hitting you in the face with his fist is going to take a toll on you. A lot of people were surprised at the way that he dominated uh, Deontay Wilder going forward. And to be honest with you guys, if you listen to the pre-fight podcast, I'm not just blowing my own horn here. You can hear everything we talked about. It was very, very possible. I know people like power punchers. They are exciting. I've told you this in the pre-fight podcast. Wilder, I've been very, very, very critical of him throughout his career. But I give him credit in other fights for uh, having a bigger... uh, uh, a more evolved fight IQ than a lot of people give him credit for. And he knows when he can do things and get away with things. And other times he knows when he can't, especially against counter punchers like Ortiz and Fury. But I, I get it, man. He's fun to watch, but he's, he has a lot of holes in his game. And I think uh, Fury and his team should be applauded for finding that hole that was, you know, Deontay Wilder is not a counterpuncher off the back foot. A lot of people think that you can just launch that right hand at any time, any point, any place in the ring, and it does the exact same amount of damage, and it doesn't. He doesn't fight like that. He doesn't train like that. He does everything going forward, and he's very fast, and he has that long wingspan, and he and he can launch stuff and close distance very fast. But Tyson made sure that he was always making Deontay Wilder in a comfortable position, no matter what it was, whether he was bullying him in the center of the ring and pulling his head down, whether he was pushing him back with a jab. How many times did he just pop Wilder's head back with a jab? No follow-up punch, just that jab that made Deontay Wilder stumble, stumble back. These are the things because it, it stifled his offense. So Deontay was more worried about defending himself and getting out of the way of those punches and trying to conserve cardio and trying not to get in those clinches than he was about landing the right hand. It was a brilliant game plan. Going in, we talked about it. I thought it was possible. Again, the under with the cut in the eye with the way that I thought Fury was going to fight. And, of course, Wilder's always looking for a knockout was almost a goal. I mean, that was almost a gimme. Even even at the very end, I think it was like minus 110, minus 150 online. I think here in Vegas it was somewhere around minus 110, minus 120 would it close that for like 11 rounds that's crazy because i had a feeling like it was going to be a different type of fight i told you at the end of the uh, pre-fight podcast that we were going to see a different crown kid and we definitely did he he lived up to every single word that he said and they said that Deontay would break and i think he broke physically just not mentally obviously the corner did the right thing in my opinion 
I don't see Deontay coming back from that. I, I don't even think he would have the power in the right hand if he landed it. I mean, he was just too broken down, beaten down. I think he had a busted eardrum as well. He had taken a lot of abuse in that fight. And I know that they have a third fight already signed going into this. Uh, Fury's supposed to get, I believe it's 60-40 because he won this fight. So he's supposed to get 60-40 for a third fight. I think Wilder has 30 days to exercise that rematch clause if he wants it. But really, if you're Team Wilder, do you go right back in there? I mean, I don't think you can, really. I mean, not because he's not competitive. Not because they don't make good fights, not because they won't make a lot of money, but he took a lot of abuse, man. I mean, I think you need to let that kid rest and then bring him back against somebody who's not Tyson Fury. Because if you truly look at these two fights, the first fight, most people had him winning. They gave him two rounds and those were the knockdown. The biggest thing about that fight that overshadowed the fact that most people think Fury got robbed was that he dropped him in the 12th round and everybody thought he was dead and he resurrected. But other than that, if you score it in rounds, most people had Fury easily winning that fight. And that's another thing. If you looked at the odds going in, and we touched on this as well, I was like, that's kind of crazy, right? Like you have 100% or 90% of the population going, oh, Fury got robbed. Oh, he's such a boxer. He can easily outbox Wilder, blah, 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 blah. But they were all betting on Deontay Wilder. So when we looked at these lines, I was like, that's kind of strange when you have so many people on the same side saying the exact same thing that the guy who won the first fight is the underdog in the second fight, but nobody's betting him. That's kind of strange. Now, I can see if you're not betting him by KO. Obviously, a lot of people weren't in tune with the game plan or didn't believe it or didn't think it was possible. But still, even the straight line, he was an underdog and people were betting Deontay Wilder. So I thought that was strange as well. But if you look at both fights, he's basically won both of them. Obviously, the second one, there was no doubt about it. I know one judge, Glenn Feldman, I believe it was, actually gave Deontay Wilder a round. He's smoking some good shit. Because Wilder didn't win a single round. He just got blasted round after round. It was just a methodical beatdown. So if you look at those two fights, Wilder seems to be, it's just a case of style. Make fights, he's going to have trouble with a guy like Tyson Fury. I thought he had trouble with Ortiz both times as well. He was just able to pull that out. Against Tyson, he wasn't able to pull it out. And so you can see that his kryptonite, if you will, is that counterpuncher. The guy who's willing to sit on his punches, who's willing to capitalize on the mistakes that Wilder makes because he does make a lot of mistakes. And now you see what happens if you're able to push him back. Because remember, a lot of people don't consider Tyson Fury to be a quote-unquote big puncher, but they neglect to factor in the guy 6'9 and over 270 pounds. I mean, that boggles my mind. I don't want to get hit by nobody who's 6'9, 270 pounds if he has no KOs on his record. So I think you saw that tonight that he has certainly enough pop. Maybe it's not one punch Deontay Wilder pop, but he had enough power to keep Deontay on the back foot and knock him down and break him down and eventually stop him over seven rounds. So I mean, you can't fault the guy. I think it's a major milestone what he did coming back from the mental health issues, the drug issues, the drinking the womanizing everything his life was just in shambles the huge weight that he was at and that's what another thing we touched on it was so impressive what he did coming off almost a three-year layoff with wilder in the first fight 
So a lot of people just were, in my opinion, overlooking his ability and the game planning of Sugar Hill and Kronk with the flaws of Deontay Wilder. Like they almost thought like Wilder was invincible and because Fury isn't a big banger and doesn't always get everybody out of there, that the only way he could win was by decision. And I thought it was brilliant when Fury had come to the table and said, you guys realize that it's very difficult to avoid that long right hand for 12 rounds. And yes, it is because you're fighting at Deontay Wilder's range. Even though Fury's a big guy with a big reach, you still give a lot of opportunities for Deontay Wilder to launch at right hand. And probably the biggest factor, he's in his comfort zone because that's how he always fights. So Tyson Fury and his team's idea was you bully the bully. You get in close, you rough him up, you wear him down, you break him down, you knock him out. And that's what he did. So it was an extremely impressive fight for Tyson Fury. I give props to Wilder. He wanted to go out on a shield. He was upset when Mark Breland stopped the fight. He said, why did you do that? Why did you do that? I couldn't tell what Breland said, but I think he was pointing to his ear saying, you have a broken eardrum. And yeah, that will obviously affect your balance. And you could see that Wilder was all over the place. I mean, I got to give credit to him. Like I said, I've been a harsh critic. I try to give credit where credit is due. And he showed a lot of heart. He really did because he could have folded any time. He took a brutal beating. If his eardrum was busted, then his equilibrium was all off. And I mean, he really stood in there. And even when the ref stopped the fight at the time, he didn't know his corner had thrown the towel in. He was arguing with the ref saying, I can go on. I mean, that's the heart of a true champion. Even though I discredit, you know, his technique a lot and say he could really improve here and he's got so many flaws. And I think he saw a lot of that tonight. And a lot of people will get, be giving him grief. At the same time, you got to give him props for what he was able to do. And he stood in there and he would have kept fighting until the last drop. I mean, he would have went spark out cold. I have no doubt about that. And that's something you need to know about fighters too as well because obviously you would think Wilder's career is going to continue. Maybe there's a trilogy with Fury. Maybe there's, you know, the AJ fight down the road and all this stuff. So you're going to see him again in the ring and then you need to know what the character is of a fighter. And I think he showed that he's willing to do what's necessary you know, to stay in a fight and give him the best opportunity to win it. And speaking of AJ, as before we end this here, um, so one of the online books, I can't remember which, but they had put a future prop on AJ and Tyson Fury, and Tyson is like a minus 230 or minus 260 favorite. So obviously, I don't know if the books are playing with the number there because that fight just happened, and a lot of people thought that Wilder was invincible and couldn't be knocked out. If he was going to lose, it wasn't going to be my knockout. And so they're going to take advantage of that because that line does seem, right, Styles make make fights, that, that line does seem seem high but I know what a lot of people are thinking you know just right after the fight happens he stops Deontay Wilder and they're thinking well Wilder's chin is probably better than AJ's chin so if Fury puts the heat on AJ will he just crumble but we would get into that if that fight ever happens I know uh, Eddie Hearn was saying forget the trilogy let's do you know the AJ Tyson fight I mean, obviously you got contracts and like I said, Wilder has the option to take it or not. So it's going to be a little while till we figure out what's going on. But Tyson Fury, the man, that's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.